This week's episode is sponsored by the Doors Open Connect app platform designed by real estate agents for real estate agents. Join our growing network and community of professional agents by downloading the app today for free on the Apple App Store. Also sponsored by Premier Mortgage Consultants. Their mission at PMC is to serve the community with integrity and to offer a company to fellow citizens, a company that they can say treated them like family. Come home to Premier Mortgage Consultants. Visit them for a free quote today at www.floridalowrates.com or give them a call at 239-542-8800. Office is located in Naples and Cape Coral. Hi, this is Deshaun with the Doors Open Connect podcast, and this is my co-host, Rick Haas. Say hi. How are we doing today? Hey, thank you, everybody, for listening in. We hope you had a great week, and you know we're on Tuesday now, so let's dive into the meat and potatoes. Hey, Rick, we uh, accidentally came across something, um, I think it was a week and a half ago. Uh, we Googled Doors Open Connect, and so happened to be there on Listen Notes. We are the top uh, 10% out of 1.9 million uh podcast globally for our space uh, entrepreneurship and real estate so I thought that was pretty fascinating for having been um, recording podcasts in just under a year I think our first episode was around February yeah probably the first week of February February yeah so that was that was pretty neat to see you know um, you know so thank you guys all who have been supporting us uh, who have been tagging us on social media who have been listening uh, and finding that the the podcast that we've been presenting to you has been valuable, whether it's, you know, with uh, real estate agents, top producers, um, whether it's with interior designers, um, home inspectors and local business, et cetera, et cetera. I think there's a little bit that we're trying to uh, put together. So there's enough for everybody to get a little bit of something out of it, um, especially in the space of entrepreneurship, because when we're talking real estate, that's pretty much what you're in is starting your own business. And getting in there. So just kind of recapping, um, we've had a lot going on uh, it, since the beginning of the, of the year. You know, we just had uh, Joe uh, Pavish Jr. on. Uh, he sold over a billion dollars in the last, uh, since 2001. Um, that was really interesting. We got a lot of great feedback from that. But we also um, today walked into the office after an open house last week. I don't want to jinx him, um, but a gentleman who's representing a listing for two point seven five um and quail west a, a buyer potential buyer walked through now he's had multiple offers already but a potential buyer walked through that open house and he's interested in seeing a second time and is talking about putting an offer that means that agent will be representing both sides because he he's uh the buyer's not being represented by another agent so that's exactly what we're talking all about. through an open house all through an open house open houses don't work people yeah they don't work don't do them let us do them yeah let us do them we'll we'll take care of them for you but uh no i think that's a, extremely important and that's exactly the type of news that we want to shout out and at the top of our lungs and explain to different brokerages um that we're here to help um and we're here to support and our success solely relies on making other agents successful. And I think our training so far and all the success stories and testimonials that we had from 2000, or excuse me, uh, 2020 to, to 2021, which we're only a month, half a month in, um, we've had so much success and it's been crazy. So it's blowing up. If you are a brokerage uh, out there um, that are suspicious of what we're doing, you have questions, Please follow us. We are here to help. We will do Zoom calls. We will do in-house presentations. Um, we want to get your, you know, uh, excite your your staff and your agents um, for the business of real estate and how they can get their hottest leads, which we believe in fully through open houses. 
Now, furthermore, let's uh, let's dive in. We're really excited and pumped about this episode. Um, these guys have been great so far. We, we, we've, we've had an interesting story so far this morning. Uh, you Rick, you broke a table. <laughs> yeah, well, sometimes when the clasp guy starts putting claps on a table, they break. Yeah, I washed my hands of that. I said, you were the clasp guy, Rick. Um, you did it. Uh, I, I, I looked the other way. But when it, that noise popped, I knew that something was going I on. I knew it was glass. It was, it was, it was, <laughs> he looked at me. He said, hey, is it the, do, do you think the glass just broke? I said, it wasn't the table, it was the class. But anyway, we, we started off this podcast um, at the Alamo, but now we're back in the office at Premier Mortgage, and I'm super excited to introduce these guys, and we're going to go ahead and play a little intro music because, man, they deserve it. They've been doing so much, um, and they've been through a lot, especially the crash of 08, and you know we're super excited to get into it, so let's, uh, let's dive in. I want to introduce to you, Jim, uh, you guys and you listeners... Glenn Minet, did I say that right? Yes, sir. All right, we got Glenn Minet here. We got Matt. How do you say last name? Sochi. Sochi. Matt Sochi. I was going that way, but I was a little worried. And then we got Eric Watson. Good afternoon. And we are super excited about this episode. You guys um, have a phenomenal space here at uh, uh, Premier Mortgage, and we are. You know we're related. We're, we we we're you know you've 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 been accommodating. You've you've hooked us up with a lot of water. We've been drinking, and, <laughs> and uh, you know this office is is definitely spot on. You guys just moved here to this office. Yes. All right. Yes, we um, have an office in Cape Coral, and um, we had uh, our old offices in Mercado. Okay. Um, so we've probably been here just uh, about a month or so. Believe it or not, this used to be a garage. <laughs> did it really? Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. So Jeff actually uh, did the designs and built the whole office on CAD, and we put it all together. Well, then you guys should be doing uh, maybe some architectural work, uh, <laughs> some some consultations with real estate agents, yeah. uh, new builds. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's a fun, inviting office. Um, last week I had a meeting with you guys here, and I sure. walked in. I was like, man, it's like a party in here. This is great. <laughs> Reminds me of my office. You know, you work so many hours during the day. You want to enjoy the spot that you're in, too. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And so I want to get into all of you guys' stories. But, uh, Glenn, let's start with you. Let's uh, Tell us a little bit about where you're from, your background, what got you into the mortgage business, and to where we are today. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I grew up in um, this town, um, Fort Myers, Cape Coral, uh, Naples. Um, I graduated high school actually from Barron Collier, um, my senior year actually, because uh, the the first other three years I I went to um, Cape Coral. Okay. Uh, um, but I worked for my dad. Um, growing up in high school and um part of college, um, was doing that for a little while with him, and then you know working with family, you know how it goes. What What were you doing with your dad? Um, I started out as a installer. We used to install um, RCA home theater systems. Okay. Uh, TVs. Okay. I used to be the little gopher in the the attic. You know. You got shocked the, the, a lot, huh? Yeah. In 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 in, in, Nap- uh, in the South Louis Florida area. Yeah. Here, How, here in Naples. Yeah, but that was a pretty sweaty job, huh? Yeah. Actually, our old warehouse is just down the street. You're you're a brave man. I could not do that electrical stuff. I get shocked one time. I'm done. And I was telling my dad, I was like, Oh man, this. I can't do this, man. You know, this is getting old. So he's like, let me bring you to the inside. 
So I was like a, a designer assistant for a little while, um, kind of doing that part, doing, you know, measuring out the furniture and stuff like that, okay. kind of learning the, the inside part. And I uh, did that for a little while. And then, you know, was like, felt like I wasn't getting anywhere, you know, the same pay every, every year. I was like, you know, dad, when can I get a raise, man? You know, he's like, well, you know, you, you got to earn it. You, you have no college degree. You know, all these people have college degrees. It's like, I can't, I can't give you a raise. I'm like, come on, man. You know, I'm <laughs> busting my ass, busting, oh, sorry, <laughs> busting my butt over here. And um, then I just like, man, I got to go. So I called my old college buddy up in Orlando, um, Jason. And I was like, Jason, you know, I, I need a new change. I need to get out of here. So um, I will move to Orlando. And then he got me a job. And I, I did some waiting, some tables, kind of in the entertainment industry. Um, did that for a couple of years. And um, it was just, you know, same thing. You, you, you work at five. Yeah. Get off at two in the morning. Yeah. Sleep all day, you know, did that for a couple of years. And I'm just like sitting there one day and was like, what am I doing with my life? You it's know? a very draining schedule. Yeah, I was like, I can't, I can't keep doing this. You know, I, I need to do something better with my life. And then one of my buddies that was an old gym uh, manager at Bally's Gym in Orlando was like, hey, this company, Ameriquest Mortgage, is hiring mortgage workers and they don't want any experience. I was like, oh, really? I was hmm. like mortgages what's that <laughs> you know I was like no experience I was like all right let, let, let me let me see what this is all about right. you know so I, I went for an interview in Orlando and you know I was all pumped I was like all right you know this is this is great man you know so I, I went in there and he's just like I'm sorry you know that you're not our, our type of guy shit you know there, there were big wigs from New York you know I was a little Shy guy, you know, they want that aggressive, kind of like car salesman type of guys. Right, you yeah, know? go get them. And that, that wasn't really my style. And um, I was like, oh, man. So I was real bummed out. And I was like, you know, what am I going to do here? And then um, one of my buddies goes, you know, they have an office in Jacksonville, too. Hmm. I was like, really? So I was like, all right, my cousin lives in Jacksonville. I go, that might not be a bad little thing to try out. Maybe go up to Jacksonville, see if I can get a job there. So I, I drove up to Jacksonville, went on the interview. I, th I thought, I, you know, I, I thought I killed it. But he's like, sorry, you're just not the guy we're looking for. I was like, really? Yeah. I was like, oh, man, not another denial here. And then I was driving in my car back to Orlando, and I was actually crying. I had tears in my eyes. I was like, I can't believe this, man. I really wanted this job. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to call this guy back. So uh, I picked up my phone. I called him and said, hey, listen, I think you're making a big mistake here. Hmm. And just for that, I'll work the whole month, two months for free just so I can show you that I can do whatever these other guys that you are hiring. And he was just like, you know, son, I like your attitude. I'm going to give you a shot. So I was like, really? I was like, yep. He's like, you're hired. You start next week. So I was like, all right. All right, so I, I packed all my stuff. I called my cousins, like, hey, he was living with his fiance in the two bedroom, no, actually, a one bedroom apartment. It's like, hey, man, I got this job in Jacksonville. Do you mind if I crash on your couch? And he's like, yeah, yeah, crash on my couch, man. So I packed everything up, moved to Jacksonville, and um, 
slept on this couch and um, started the training process with AmeriQuest. And the first month, I think my first paycheck that first month was like twenty eight thousand dollars. Gee, whiz. <laughs> what did what did the uh, what did your boss say when you were there at that point? Oh, he he was like the the area manager is the one that didn't really like me, but the branch manager really did. But he was like, "I'm proud of you, man. You you showed me wrong, man. You know, mm-hmm. kind of like you know that thing. Don't judge a book by its cover, kind of thing. You know, was it his type of style, New York kind of aggressive guy? But he, you know, um, I ended up doing twenty plus loans a month there. One you know, all kinds of awards and trips and stuff like that and um, become one of the, the top salespeople in Jacksonville. You have to walk around and say, I told you so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it was a good feeling. It was a good feeling because then I was like, man, you know, I, I made $30,000 for a year, you know, and I finally made that in one month. Wow. And I was like, that's, that's game-changing type of stuff. Especially you know? out of hospitality, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I know the feeling, I know the burn. And I was like, it just made you hungry yeah it's like i want to do this again you know the same that fluke you know this is just it wasn't one time how how um, old were you then you remember oh probably my young 20s 20s okay yeah you know, no experience in mortgage and, and that's kind of how they wanted it though they right. hired everybody like off the street they wanted to mold them into their thing now, it, did they pay for the the classes to get that done for, yeah for mlo okay yeah they sent you the training so you did training and okay. stuff like that and then you kind of Probably did about 200 loans a month in that office, you know, and then they had offices all over uh, the U.S. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So um, I did that for for a little while. Um, met my fiance. Okay. Uh, actually, when I came back here um, for Thanksgiving, you know, I was like, I'll never move back to Fort Myers. You know, I'm like, I'm done with Fort Myers and Cape Coral and, and that area. And I met her and I was like, oh, wow. You know, we, we hit it off really well. And I was like, Flying her up to Jacksonville like every other weekend. Flying her? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Pretty, pretty different, right? Yeah. From somebody not making any money then can fly their actually fiancé to Jacksonville. Hey, when you yeah. want what you want, you're on it. <laughs> right. And the plan was for her to move up to Jacksonville. Okay. She's like, all right. I, you know, she was in college, and she was like, you know, wait for me, you know, I'll, I'll eventually move up there after college and stuff like that. And you know, I'm an impatient person. I was Said, like, I can't wait. I'm bringing you up here every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually decided to transfer to the Fort Myers branch. They just opened a, a Fort Myers branch for like a year and they were doing big things down here. And um, it kind of, my branch manager got in an accident and lost his job. And I was like, it's kind of perfect timing, you know, because they're bringing in new management. So I was like, all right, I guess I'm coming back to Fort Myers. So um, I worked for Fort Myers Branch for about a year or so. Um, did good down here. But, you know, any kind of big corporate company, you kind of, I saw the writing on the wall a little bit. The commission started, you know, windling down, started mm-hmm. cutting it. And I'm like, what's going on here? Yeah. You know? And then my buddy was a mortgage broker. And he was like, man, you, you got to see how much you can make, you know, per loan instead of you doing 20 loans and to make that type of money. And I was like, oh, man, I don't want to make a switch. Right. Because I was like, this is the most money I've ever made in my life. And, right. and I'm just going to go off and try something else. And I was like, oh, man. I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> the, way he's, the way he spun that, I was like, oh, he, he's not going to do it. And then it's yeah. like, I was he's like, like, hey, yeah, forget it. Why not? 
So I actually started, uh, we rented a place in Gulf Harbor in Fort Myers, and we started the company actually in the bedroom of my house. Mm. And I remember, you know, because, you know, when you were with a lender, it's kind of simple. They make it dummy proof. One pro- a couple products type, mm-hmm. you know, this is all we can ha- offer, basically, uh-huh. you know. And when, when you're in the mortgage world, now you're dealing with 40 different lenders. And now you're dealing with 50 different products instead of just your one. So I remember sitting in an office and trying to, you know, price somebody out. And I'm, I'm like, going through this. And, you know, I was like. I made a bad mistake. <laughs> I was like, this is totally different, you know, but, you know, thank God I, I, I stayed with it. I, I learned it. And, and then eventually it just ended up working out good. We, we ended up opening an office. Um, then we opened an, another office in Cape Coral. We had, so we had two offices in Cape Coral. We had one in Fort Myers um, and probably had about, you know, 15, 16 um, employees at that time. And uh, the thing is, you know, you just needed the one person with the main license back then. Mm-hmm. So you could be like, hey, Bobby, from high school, man, you, you want to be a loan officer? <laughs> you know, and they'd be like, yeah, yeah. So you could just bring somebody back then. And then, you know, so I had a lot of friends and, and family that worked for me. And it's probably not the best thing, mm-hmm. you know, but it, it was good times. We, we had the great times before the crash in, in 08. Um had a fun time and then that crash happened and then just like that like a light switch you know just like everybody else we, we lost our house uh, lost our cars pretty much almost lost the business mm. you know um I, I i had to narrow it down to like one small kind of executive office and um had to start up a, a painting company on the side so i had one of those my mortgage office and like a small office in a garage to start a painting company up and um because my dad still had the interior design business and i talked to my dad i was like hey can i do all your paint jobs for your your company so that's when i hired my brother and we started doing that and that kind of held us off for a little while until the mortgage thing kind of crept back up and then once that started doing good again um i gave the painting company to my brother and i just went Pull into the back into the mortgage thing. How did you enjoy painting when you were doing it? Oh, man, that's, that's a tough. <laughs> that's, that's it seems easy. It seems <laughs> no, easy. It's not. It's not as easy as you think, especially when you get you know from the start. You got to stand the doors. You know, just when you're going into a new construction. Yeah, property, uh, the baseboard and all that. I mean, it, it's one of the one of the very first homes that I sold. <clears throat> I was so excited about selling it, and it was a. Um, the, the main house was about 2,500 square feet, and then the guest house was about 11 or 1,200 square feet. Um, and I told, I told it was actually one of my buddies, too, and I, I was so excited. I was like, man, I will, I'm so pumped for this. I will paint the inside of your guest house. I'll, I'll help, like, for free. Like, I'll just come over and do it. And I was just so excited. It was my first deal, right? And I thought I was, like, giving back. I go, <laughs> I go to the guest house, and I paint the whole inside. It takes me about three or four days, just me and one other person, and my body was aching so bad. And I said, hey, man, <clears throat> I don't think I'm going to get to the main house. <laughs> I think or I'm, I think I might have to stop it. He's like, oh, you know, I appreciate it. I, I didn't expect you to do that, but you were so gung-ho about it. And I was like, okay, well, learn my lesson not to offer those services after I help someone buy a house. <laughs> yeah, so we've got a lot of questions for you and a lot of things that we're going to dive in. But before we get into that, uh, Matt, let's let's uh, give us your story. What's, yeah, sure. what's your take? Very excited to be here, guys. Um so my name is Matt Sochi. Um, I'm originally from Connecticut. 
So I lived in Connecticut my whole life. Um, a little bit about me. When I started, I've been in management for um, several companies before coming to Premier. Um, the first one being Radio Shack, if anybody ever remembers them. Yeah, they went quick. <laughs> they went real quick. Um, so for me personally, I, I've always been in the management type role um, in leadership. So, you know, luckily enough, I was able to become a store manager at 19 years old, um, pretty much fresh out of high school. You know, so I learned a lot of different things from that and my experiences. And of course, as time goes on with different companies and, and how leadership kind of, you know, my, my thing always is, is you want to work hard for the people that believe in you and want to coach you and develop you and, and that really care for you. So, you know, things at Radio Shack, which is no longer here, didn't go too well. So um, I had an opportunity uh, to go for um, a management job with AT&T. Mm-hmm. And that's where I spent most of my career, um, 13 years. You still got the hook up there? Because I, I got some <laughs> complaints. You know, um, I still have them for my cell phone service. I got fortunate enough to have a, a good discount with that. But I attest a lot of my life and what I've learned to AT&T. Um, they have a really great coaching model. Um, I was part of a lot of different leadership programs um, to train and develop people. Um, one thing I was really proud of is being top 1% three different times. Um, they call that the summit trip. And when you achieve that, being the one top percent of a company with 150,000 employees, it's, it's, it's quite a re, uh, remarkable thing, but it was never because of me. It was always because of my team. Right. You know, and, and I'm a big believer of that. So fortunately, I, I got to go on great trips around the country um, with my fiance, who understood how hard I worked. Um, we got to celebrate together. And uh, what was the coolest place you guys got to go to? Well, we went to Vegas. Vegas was fun for like the first two days. And then after that, I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, I got to go yeah, home. Yeah, Vegas, Vegas, <laughs> Vegas is a three-day trip. And Glenn, I think, I think we got a Vegas story with you. Yeah. yeah. Um, Laguna Beach was beautiful. Um, just really relaxing. That was, that was a nice trip. Okay. And just meeting different leaderships and the CEO and stuff like that. And, and that was a big inspiration for me. Um, a little bit about my story is, so my father moved from Connecticut down to uh, Northport. I was like, Pops, I haven't seen you in a while. Let me come down. So I had some vacation time. I came down. And my buddy Kyle, his father designed G.I. Joe and lived in Sarasota. Wow. Or his grandfather, sorry. Really? So I met him through a mutual friend who was also uh, one of my buddies from Connecticut. And uh, we went to go hang out. And I met my now fiance. Well, we've been engaged for a little bit here. And um, we did the long-distance relationship. I was still in Connecticut. And, uh, you know, she got pregnant and we have a nine-year-old beautiful son and two daughters um they're uh my stepdaughters but they're my daughters and one of them actually works for us all right jaylen and you awesome. met jaylen last yeah, yeah, week yeah yeah she manages our uh, marketing okay so she does all the crm and and manages all the leads um but i do remember so going back to the crash and stuff like that so my first house i bought in connecticut um i think i paid like three hundred fifty thousand for it. i was 22 I was like, oh, this is great. I got like seven roommates. All my buddies live here. <laughs> and uh, of course, in, in between, Melissa was coming up there and we were doing a long distance thing and I would come down there and, and vice versa. And, um, you know, when, when she found out she was pregnant, I, I, you know, took the move. Right. You know, so I went from running a really high volume store to working in Coastal Mall <laughs> at a little kiosk. And uh, I remember during the interview, the director of sales, he was like, you know, there's quite a bit of a difference between being in a, a really high-level store doing a lot of production to this. And I was like, I'll make it happen. You know, I, I always have. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, so anyways, um, I had to short sale that house. I mean, I think I sold it for 190000 Ouch. Yeah. And I didn't know anything about mortgages, right? I was, I was new to, uh, to everything at the time. So um, short sold, I did a hardship, et cetera, et cetera. So we bought our first house together down here, uh, 2014 or 15. And, uh, you know, I had to do a adjustable rate mortgage. And I didn't know better. I was like, all right, if I just refinance or sell in five years, I'm good, you know? So uh, this kind of ties into High Mech Glenn and started. So uh, I went to my previous mortgage broker, right, um, who, you know, when I called him, I didn't really get a great vibe from it. I was like, hey, remember, you know, you did my house a couple years ago, da 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 da, da. And, uh, you know, he, he ran my credit and stuff like that, and he came back with a high rate, and I was like, ah, that just doesn't seem right. You know, someone doesn't seem right about this. And uh, Melissa goes, hey, you should talk to Glenn. I was like, who's Glenn? I don't know who Glenn is. Um, so she's like, I grew up with Glenn. You know, he owns his own brokerage and everything else. So I was like, all right, I'll give, I'll give Glenn a call. And uh, him and I talked. And at first it was about business. You know, I wanted to try to see what I could do for my house to get out of the adjustable rate mortgage. And um, I, I remember specifically being at a work event. And Glenn's like, give me a call. So we were talking about everything, doing the application. I said, is there any money involved in this? Like, I didn't know. I, I'm a buyer, right? And, and that's the funny thing is, and, and a lot of people don't really realize that, because um, you're just excited to buy a house, right, mm -hmm. or refinance. So it's not like top of mind or anything like that. And we started talking. I was like, how do you get into this? Like, and I was doing well at work. And, you know, you got to a point with, with the corporate America life is that you get really exhausted, you know, working retail hours, nine to seven, nights and weekends, you know. Um, and I was like, I love working with you, just talking to you. You know, hey, Glenn, how's your day going? It's going good. How are the rates looking? You know, and just stuff like that. And I was like, I could do this. I want to do this. I love helping people. That was my biggest passion and why, you know, I stayed with the company I worked for for so long. So um, he's like, yeah, man, you just got to take a 20-hour course and um, the NMLS and pass the test which isn't the easiest thing in the world. But um, we hung up the phone. I went home, and I, I said to, to Melissa, I said, I got to do this. And, you know, we started talking about things, and I was like, I'm, I'm just not happy anymore. I want, I want to get that fulfillment again, like where you feel full. And, and I said, there's nothing better than helping families, you know? And that's what I did. I, I took the course, did it really quick. Uh, I was excited. I was like a, a new candle lit and um so i went through that and you know he did my refinance thanks glenn he got me a great rate and um you know and, and after i passed the test and I, I was all excited and i was like what do i do now you know like you're a new ll what do you do but i've always been uh, a digital social media person and so i was like you know what i was like i could reach out to other people you know so i, I started thinking about different ideas and Etc. And I'm sure we could talk a little bit more about that. But, you know, so I've been doing this for two years. Okay. Um, last year was my first full year. I, I, I got 80 families into homes. Awesome. First year. Sweet. Very cool. That's pretty families. sweet. Very cool. Um, and, uh, you, you're talking 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That market yeah. steamed up real quick. <laughs> and the you got it. Yeah. And I was doing both AT&T at the same time while okay. I was doing this. And I, I sort of realized, I, and I remember that phone call to Glenn. I took a, I took a break and I, I went outside and I said, all right, I got money in my 401k. I was like, I just need enough to last me six months. Because mm -hmm. I knew I would make it happen. Right. 
and that conversation was so difficult. It was not difficult, but it was a lot of thinking behind it. So sitting down with the family, like this is you you go from making a, a, a salary of you know getting paid five six thousand dollars a month to you know you don't know right. right but i was very ambitious i knew i was like i could do this I, I figured it out i was like i need to get two families into homes a month it's gonna definitely put me over where i was and then you know i just went on vacation and never went back so if, you, if, you're, <laughs> if you're a new lo that's take take some advice from there yeah and you know what and the nice thing is there's nobody better to work with than this guy right here i mean he is family first. I mean, our families, we're all just a big family, and we go on trips together, and um, we learn from each other. And, you know, that's how I kind of grew my business is um, with a lot of other things that I've learned and developed throughout the way. But, um, yeah, it, I was just – it's just I'm passionate about it. I'm passionate about helping people and helping families, and there's nothing better when you get to clear the clothes. And, uh, you know, I just – last week, a, a 19-year-old um, – we did a down payment assistance program and 19 years old. Wow. 19 years old. Um, been working on a job for a year and a half. And um, we closed last week. He got his $1,000 back. He got his earnest money back. Hmm. Wow. We got everything covered down, uh, the down payment, all the costs, the closing costs. And he still texts me. It's been two weeks. Every, every He's like, hey, check out my backyard. Look what I just did. <laughs> it, you know, and it's just those things that, you know, it brings a tear to your eye. It yeah. really does. And, um, you know, that's my story now. And, you know, as we continue to grow, uh, a lot of great things coming ahead. Those, that, those three words are very powerful. Clear to close. Clear I know to when close. <laughs> I know when MLOs give me that clear to close and I get to pass it on or if they pass it on to the to the buyers, there's so much stress. I, I notice I get a lot less panicky calls from. Yeah. Yeah. From my sure. buyers. <laughs> they feel good. They're comfortable. But, yeah, that's that's why we're in it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And never cash a check until you get the. You get to clear to close and the, the money is deposited <laughs> or, or even worse that, you know, you has got to make sure the money, your broker is putting that money into your <laughs> deposit. <laughs> the broker could have spent your check. Yeah. <laughs> it's important who you work with. Exactly. Exactly. Now we're going to go on. Now we'll, 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 we'll circle back, but I want to introduce another gentleman. His name is Mr. Eric Watson. Um, he's also with Premier. Say hello. Good afternoon. And uh, Eric, tell us a little bit and our listeners a little bit about yourself and uh, your background. I don't, I don't know if mine's as exciting how I got here, but it was exciting <laughs> along the way. So um, well, you, well, you were, um, uh, was it you, chief of your firefighting? Yeah, I, I, um, I knew when I was a kid in high school and actually probably long before that, I always wanted to get into the world of, of fire and EMS and, and running calls and lights and sirens and excitement and so I did that right so out you, of high school. So you have a story. Oh, <laughs> probably a few. You, you <laughs> ran into some burning buildings, and so, yeah, I, yeah, you know. I might have done that a few times. See? Yes, yes. Very <laughs> modest. Yeah, and um, it, it certainly exciting. It was a passion. I loved it from day one. I, I graduated high school um, back in 84, enrolled in class at that, that time, um, and never looked back. Okay. And... Um, so my, my dad was in the military and moved us to the other coast to back up a little bit. So I pretty much grew up in the Fort Lauderdale area from grade school on. And um, then I got a job, got offered a job over here in Collier County and moved to Naples when I was 20 years old. So really, honestly, Airport Road was one way each way. Goodlett Road did not go north of Pine Ridge Road. Wow. Um, Immokalee Road, believe it or not, as most people know it now, was one lane each way. 
uh, even east of the or west of the interstate, excuse me. So um, it really has grown a lot since 87. So I worked up in, in fire and EMS and then like Matt got promoted up and worked in administration and then retired two years ago um, with North Collier Fire Rescue as an assistant chief. And as you alluded earlier, I'm, I mean, I worked Irma <laughs> in the EOC. I was up in the emergency operations center for probably seven days straight nonstop going around the clock and you'd go sleep on a floor somewhere in a sleeping bag and a pillow for three, four, five hours, as long as you could take sleeping on that floor down there. And, um, Irma changed my opinion of a lot of things. I was here for Wilma and I, we got it easy for Wilma. We had the power on the next day at seven, you know, so I'm, when Irma was coming, I was like, nah. Yeah. And then when it happened, I was like, I'll never do this again. (laughs) my, my, My family moved down here two months before Andrew hit. Oh, okay. So that was that was my uh, that was my experience with hurricanes moving down here, and it, I was like, "Mom and Dad, this is great. We're moving to Florida, you know, get to swim in a swimming pool all day long." And then two months later, they're like, "Put the mattress over you. You got to lay in the tub." And I'm like, "What are we doing here? This is crazy. I'm from Chicago. We don't have hurricanes up there." And that was long before the Dade County Building Code took effect. So roofs were coming off from homes back then. Oh, yeah. and, you know, thank goodness they've come a long way in the building construction industry since then. So we don't we don't worry about that as much with the addition of hurricane straps. But yeah, we got smart after Andrew. Exactly, <laughs> we learned the hard way. So did FEMA. They learned yeah. the hard way because those poor people waited a long time for help. Yeah. So um, at any rate, I, I I pushed through that and and I actually did that for 31 years and I retired back in in 2018. And as fate would have it, Matt moved in literally across the street from me. <laughs> So um, when, when when he's not kidding when he says that he went like hardcore because I remember him saying I think I'm thinking about switching jobs and I'm going to be leaving AT and T here before too long and and that was over some we might have enjoyed an adult beverage or two and played a few games of darts on his back <laughs> until like two o'clock in the morning on more than one occasion and uh, so he's telling me about it one day I think I'm going to try this thing MLO and. I'm going to give it a whirl and see how it goes. And, uh, you know, of course, I was like, hey, more power to him, you know, nothing ventured, nothing gained. And, you know, you, you try and lift people up and build up their confidence in themselves that they can do that. And uh, so lo and behold, I retire. <laughs> and I've got a little extra time on my hands. And I'm trying to think it was um, New Year's Eve 2019. I'm, I'm just uh, actually my wife had my wife's a musician. She's a singer. So she's gone. She's out performing that night. And uh, I told a couple neighbors, hey, I'm probably just going to get a fire pit going in the driveway, hang out, have some adult beverages, and watch the new year come in. 20 people in my driveway. (laughs) (laughs) By like 8 or 9 o'clock at night, everybody's trying to do the safe thing. It's an amateur night. Nobody needs to start out the the new year with a DUI. Mm. And lo and behold, Matt had been at it probably at that point at least 9 or 10 months, maybe a year, something like that. And, And he did most of his business on his back pool deck. (laughs) <laughs> which was which was within earshot of my front door. So every time I come out there, you'd hear him, oh, this percent, blah, 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 that percent, blah, 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 well, the lender wants, blah, blah, blah. And uh, so I would hear it all day long. Well, he comes over, he starts BSing with me at New Year's Eve of 2019 and says, Eric, you got to do this, dude. We're, we're, it's so busy that, that we can't handle everything that we have. And uh, you're smart. I have a business degree from Hodges uh, University. Like you can pull this off, dude. You can do it. We'd love to have you. And he starts telling me about Glenn, and he's basically pretty much telling me, "Go take this course and get this done, and and you got a job." Mm. 
And so that's exactly what I did last January. I, I went and enrolled in the class, did it online, did what I needed to do, and COVID hit. Ugh. And so for anybody that hasn't done this yet, you're going to have to go take a test with Pearson View. And uh, Pearson View shut down yep. for COVID. Sure did. So I had to sit on everything until June and went and took the test and passed it. And, of course, we had a had a job and knew that I had a job with Glenn. And so really, Matt's been my mentor in this whole thing of this is how you get traction and what an important role that social media and networking with, obviously, with realtors and stuff like that is, is a key component if you want to be a successful MLO. So mm -hmm. I've been at it now probably since June july in that time frame and and i can honestly say i'm i'm just starting to get traction and feel like i'm starting to get moving forward so um that's, you, that's you're doing good i i think that uh you know you have to start looking at and we were talking about a little bit earlier with colson center mall and where we're at you know despite uh covid etc and you have to um think about it as all right, clothing stores in malls, people are not going there anymore because of the restrictions, so they're ordering online, right? Absolutely. So in our business, when it comes to real estate or um, MLO, whatever it is, it's got to be social media. You have to be on Facebook. You have to be in front. Now it's TikTok, uh, <laughs> LinkedIn, and, and you know, we, we laugh at it, but it's serious. Yeah. I know, I, I'm sure you guys have seen some Gary Vee, mm -hmm. um you know, you, that's where the attention is now. And everybody's going there because they can't do anything else, you know, or they're afraid to do something else. Right. You know, so you know, you, we t talk about it all the time when a lot of the top agents, real estate agents um, in our field, uh, you could tell the difference between them because they, they, they were top dogs and they just had all that momentum coming. But then when COVID hit, they had to all download Instagram. They hated it. You could tell they hated it. And they didn't know how to use You're it. Right. They didn't know how to market it. But you could see, like, this guy's doing $50, 70000000 million a year, but he has 100 followers on Instagram. You're like, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the business we're in now, man. You know, so you have to, you know, you had to put yourself out there and be in, in front of people's um, uh, faces. And it's the law of attention now. It's all online. Um, for the most part, and of course the the handshake and what we preach, which is the open houses, nothing's better than. But they shut with when COVID hit, they shut down open houses for right. two months too. Right. So, um, and there was virtual open houses. There's nothing more painful than watching a virtual open house, <laughs> unless unless you're adding some incentive. You know, and we teamed up with local businesses and stuff to give away gift cards and do scavenger hunts or name this material in the house and give back. Or if you could repeat what year this age, that what, what home, uh, what year that home was built. You know, we give the people tuned in. They like that. But that was yeah. when they were all locked down, you know. But, you know, let's let's go back to you, Glenn. We, we were talking about that $28,000 that you made. <laughs> all right. Now, I've, I've heard I've heard a story circulating uh -huh. that you went and had a little fun with that 28 G's. And uh, uh, what'd you do? What'd you do with that 28 well, G's? Did you put it back into marketing? It definitely didn't stay in my savings account. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember calling my fiance. You know, it's kind of one of those things that you don't think it's real. Right. right? So... I'm logging, you know, w w when it got the first direct deposit, I'm like, log it in, looking at it. All right. Log in again. All right. So I kept doing that like three or four times. And I was like, wow, this is real. Right. 
So I called my fiance up and I was like, um, we're going to Vegas. And I think uh, one of my buddies was getting married too. So she came up with, with us uh, there, went to the mall. I probably, probably spent pretty much all of it. At the mall? <laughs> no, just yeah, in Vegas. <laughs> I, was gonna say. I mean, that's the hard part about Vegas. It never shuts down. So. No. You know, Unless when, it's, yeah, now it's uh, when you're not used to the song closing time playing at the end of, <laughs> <laughs> at two a, at two a.m. You know at every bar and it's I, I remember the last time I went to Vegas that was the first time I went to Vegas yeah yeah and you just went all out yeah you're like yeah we'll get the suite we'll watch a couple shows what's that bottle of wine con- yeah, yeah yeah we got yeah, we got we got yeah. this man <laughs> <laughs> but well, it brought it brought you back motivated though it did because you did. ran out of all of that I, I don't recommend <laughs> it. I, you go from only having 28000 in your bank to really having nothing anymore. I guess you have to go back and work, right? Yeah. But um, I don't recommend blowing it all when you get it right how, away. How old were you when that, when, when, when that oh, happened? Oh, man. Um, probably like 23, something like that. Okay. So, yeah. you. Were, so, the you now would have not done that. No. <laughs> I mean, I would have still had fun. You know, I, I was still, but moderately, moderately. Yeah. But I have to say, you know, he he still managed to spend all that, but he brought sand to the beach. I know, <laughs> I know. Yeah, you don't bring sand to the beach, especially in Vegas. You know, <laughs> but she helped you spend a little bit. Apparently, it, it sounds. Yeah, like I think it. I think she got a new purse out of the the gig and stuff like that. You know. <laughs> so okay, let's. Uh, so so. Where you were, and, and I get a lot of the sense, of obviously, entrepreneurship and also not afraid to take risks. And, and, you know, even though you're afraid, um, you still go with it. You know, you, mm-hmm. you had mentioned taking the leap um, despite you were making good income. And actually, Matt, you said this pretty much the same thing. You ended up, you know, well, I guess you were working AT&T and here at the same time, but you had to learn something new and go after it. But that kind of approach... Um, I think anybody in the entrepreneurial uh, space would appreciate that um, being able to take a little bit of a risk um, and, and maybe not even knowing what you're doing. Like you said, you got into it in your bedroom after making four or five thousand dollars a month and you had to start all over and you're like, oh, no. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, I think that's a, a, a great um, a quality to have in an individual to be able to just. Like, hey, I'll figure this out. And at Matt, as you alluded to earlier, you were like, I'll figure this out. Well, I've always managed. I'll figure this out. And I think that that's um, a great quality. Uh, 90% of people would not have taken that step. Yeah. They would have said, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to keep, keep doing what I'm doing. I don't care if I'm losing sleep and killing myself here. Most people are just, that's just how they're built. They're right. built to stay in comfortable, comfortability instead of saying, you know what? I'm mm-hmm. risking it all. But let's see what happens, right? right? Right, absolutely. We started this podcast, and we literally recorded an episode. We thought it was the most amazing thing ever. And then we replayed it, and we weren't even attached to the <laughs> garage band. And so the sound was going right in through the keyboard, and my notes were hitting the keyboard. So the whole episode was just papers moving around. And it sounded I'm, like we were eating Doritos as we were talking about And I yeah. basically told Rick, I'm like, I'm not doing that again. He's like, no, we're going to, we'll circle back. We'll do it again on Monday. And I'm like, all right. And actually that one ended up being better. And every episode that we've done since then, we've learned something as we learned today, 
let's not attach anything to glass glass table table yeah. but we got away with 34 you know 34 episodes or so where we, we haven't had really any snafus like that but um it, it is a learning curve um so anyway going back to the differences between 2008 uh 08 crisis uh housing crisis to where we are now what do you guys see um you know everybody wishes that they had a a, a crystal ball but what, what's the difference right now um with your business, how you guys are persevering despite all the negative press and, and whatnot? Yeah, yeah. Well, back in 2008 and before that, you know, it was, you know, stated income and, and not as many docs you had to get from the bar. So it, it was pretty easy, you know, mm -hmm. back then, you know, um, didn't have all the hurdles that you have to jump through now. You know, uh, what we had to do is, you know, before COVID, we had probably a good four or five lenders that we would use. And, you know, we rotate them and say, this is our main core of lenders that we're going to use. Now, once COVID hit, a lot of those big lenders, like the, the Quickens and, and the UWMs and stuff like that, tighten up their guidelines. Like, we don't want to do the low score uh, FHA deals. You know, when I'm saying low score, it doesn't have to be in the 500s, but the lower 600 credit score. Mm -hmm. You know, your, your first-time home buyers, you know, um, the ones that we kind of made a living off of our bread and butter. We, we love first time home buyers. So we had to go find other lenders um, to fit that for that borrower. And um, the biggest thing is, it's just everybody's overwhelmed. So you got a lot of these small lenders that just don't have enough manpower. Mm -hmm. So it was just, you know, staying with them, staying on them. It, it's been a battle. It, it, it takes a lot longer on some of these deals to get closed, but it does happen. And, and we do bring it to the finish line. With, with a contingent, uh, financial contingency right now, what are you telling, you know, I know things are backed up all over the place, whether it's permit, permitting or, or whatnot. What do you, what do you tell, uh, typically tell an agent right now for uh, closing dates? Should it be 45 days now? Are we including weekends? or? Um, yeah, um, I'd like to at least give 45 days. You, you get some of those realtors that say, well, my lender that I'm using can close it in two weeks, mm -hmm. you know, which it can happen. Oh, Matt will tell you that um, we have some lenders that have a little bit higher interest rates. And if the borrower is willing to pay a little bit more, have a higher interest rate, um, we have some lenders that are still closing in 30 days or less. Mm -hmm. You know, so if it fits that borrower's profile of they can afford it and they can afford a higher rate and time is the essence and they need to close faster, we do have that window for them. But typically, I like to get 45 days, but have we been closing stuff? I think we've been closing two stuff. Two weeks. Two weeks still. So you would suggest, I mean, this is just kind of something that we say. We just put 45 days, but we can say close on or before. Before. Yeah. Right. On or before. And um, you would you would suggest that for agents? Yeah, I, I, I always like to give good news, right? right. Mm -hmm. You know, as long as everybody's on the... Same picture, the, the seller and the, and the buyer. You know, as long as you keep them updated through the process and say, hey, look, it, we, we probably only have a couple of conditions left. We probably could get this clear to close in a week. So we're, we're two weeks ahead of um, schedule. You know, um, is everybody okay closing this early? Yeah, under promise and over deliver. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, it, it sucks. You know, we don't like going back to the realtors and saying, hey, we need another extension mm -hmm. or we need another one. And then, the, you know, a lot of them will say, I'll give you a day. Like, well, I don't want to have to ask you the next day for another extension, you know. Right. But um, 
it's been a little little battle, uh, you know, that it's been with some of these other lenders that are a lot tougher to deal with. Talking about extensions, Glenn, <laughs> you and I had a deal in uh, 2019, and um, oh, it was man. probably one of the worst deals I've ever done. Not because of you, but it was because it was so sophisticated that we extended this thing like four times. It was probably one of the worst deals I had to deal with. In I know. I, I know you had told me too, and I actually put in the addendum. I'm like, for any additional negotiations, the buyer will be paying two hundred dollars per negotiation or something. Some kind of. I I was so frustrated that I put that in there just to like raise red flags. Like we're not doing this anymore. Do you you remember that? Yeah. The, and evidently, Matt, you were in on this. I wasn't in on it, but I remember it. <laughs> like the borrower was an awesome guy. Anything I needed. Great guy. Yeah. Um, but the problem is he owned like 25 properties and he was self-employed and we had to do a bank statement loan. So you have all that into one perfect storm. I had all his properties laid out on my desk. I had bank statements. He had multiple bank statements, transfers going from this account to another account. He probably had like six different bank accounts. <laughs> I had to chase down all the transfers Chased on all the properties. Um, some were in a trust, and then he had it some in some other people's names. And I'm like, oh my gosh, man. Every time I got ahead, I felt like I, I had two steps backwards after he told me something else. But it, it was a battle, but we didn't give up. Yeah, that was, that was painful. Um, and it, it again, it wasn't just you. I actually was mad at myself at the end of that deal. I was like, man, I worked both sides of this deal somehow for 2%. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh, you're the million-dollar guy. You're the million-dollar guy in the office. I'm like, I need to take a trip out of town. <laughs> I think I did that deal for like 1% or 2% too because um, it was you couldn't charge that much on a bank statement deal like that, on a non-QM deal like that. So I, I yeah. You know, that guy, he still calls me. Does he? Oh, yeah. He'd be like, what color paint was this on the side of the... <laughs> or he'd be like, oh, a, 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 a window fell down and... or." Uh, his one of mirror one of the mirrors fell down, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know, man. Are you gonna buy another house with me? <laughs> <laughs> You're the friend for life. <laughs> yeah, look, I want to take care of him, but it was kind of like you know, everybody felt like they, even the seller was like, man, I did it for this, and blah blah blah. He should be thankful. And it's like, but I saved this guy twenty seven grand, and I walked, I, I walked away just like very defeated. I think he had a big earnest money deposit, didn't he? Down. Um, I want to say it was pretty big. I don't think uh, I probably did twenty percent of nine fifty, yeah, yeah, something like that. But that house, I was right about that house the entire time. When I when we bought that, we got it for five hundred and seventeen cash, and the it was in in this community called Il Regalo. And when we were done renovating it, now I blame some of it on the general the GC because it should never have taken a year to flip mm -hmm. this thing but he you know he kept putting it on the back burner because the way he had it set up his profits were when the property sells so he's like i'm gonna deal with my projects that i gotta pay now and then when my spare time we'll take care of this and that's that's just not how it worked and so anyway it appraised for a million seventy when we were done with it um and we bought it for 517 they probably put close maybe 150 to 200 into it they wow. they both walked away they should have been walking away real happy i walked <laughs> away pretty sad that was the second buyer, by the way. We were on the contract first. He thought I was bluffing when I told him I have an offer coming in. Mm. And he had sat on it for like three or four weeks. 
and he would call me or whatever. And, um, then he would, uh, then when I was like, Hey, you got to get an offer in. And I'm thinking, Hey, you're, you're working with an agent, get your agent to put an offer. I, I guess he wanted me to put the offer in cause that's what ended up happening. Cause it was a financial contingency mm-hmm. for the, uh, the lady that initially had the offer and she was supposed to sell her condo in Tiburon so she could purchase this house. And they had one buyer in mind from Canada. Um, and this goes into terrible agents, but anyway, I ended up at the end kind of cutting both agents out of it. Cause it's like you get, they weren't, they didn't find the property. They didn't do anything. They didn't write the contract. They didn't negotiate the sell. Uh, the buyers are calling me Monday through Sunday and then we go into this financial thing that we're dealing with where we're pushing it back. He's calling me. His wife's calling me. Everybody's calling me. And I'm like, Wait. I it, felt bad. It was bad. I, it was ugly. I it was felt, ugly. I, I will felt, never. I felt bad. I was like, oh, man, I have to give him an update, man. I'm oh, like, oh. I'll never. Oh, <laughs> never again. I do remember the clear to close, though. Yes. Yes. We got the clear to close. And, and like, I think you were defeated by then. You were I just, was. You were I was like, drained. I had I to go like, to Michigan to see my family. I was like, and everybody's like, oh, you made all this money. I'm like, if you only knew. <laughs> <laughs> I spent it. You know, if you take the hours babysitting the GC and all the stuff that we had to do and marketing, all the marketing dollars, the driving there, back and forth, gas, all the open houses, all the negotiation work and blah, blah. And people like to call us glorified door openers. You know, and it's like, no, we... I helped close the permit for the propane to natural gas. Like, you know, there's so much more to it. Right. They never see yeah, it. See, that's the thing. I don't think a lot of people realize the back end of yeah. it. You yeah. know, there, there's so many things involved and so many other people involved in the situation. That and, the, and the contracts and the addendums and the this and that. And then lawyers talking about suing each other. You know how many deals I've been in? Oh, yeah. Almost every deal I've been in, some for some reason, people are threatening to just sue each other. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It should be easier just buying a home. That's right. it. You know, <laughs> hey, look. Hey, look. I showed you the property. You wanted to see the property. You want to buy the property? We put in an offer. They want to sell it. You want to buy it. Why You know why is it getting into all this craziness? But I will say this, um, and that goes into the, the state of real estate uh, agents. Uh, so Okay, so for instance, do you remember the, the house? It was famous uh, for like... A little while. It was in Naples Daily News. Okay. It was in Il Regalo. They painted the house. The guy graffitied the yes. house in oh, the community. Yes. Oh, yeah. right. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. He that was tor- recent. That was pretty recent. Yeah. 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 He graffitied the whole house and just, just, I guess his dad owned it or something. And there was like some tiff there. I forgot what it was all about. But most of that community, uh, at the time, there's 35 uh, properties in there. Um, almost every other home was a real estate agent. Uh-huh. that house that we bought was a foreclosure and it was on the market and nobody decided, none of those agents did the due diligence on the property. They got one estimate for fixing the foundation mm-hmm. and that was from um, M squared or whatever it was. They came back with an estimate for like $110,000, $120,000 to pump check the house and fix it. But the trusses and the roof might've been messed up. So nobody wanted to touch it. So my, my GC, that was a cool thing that he did. He went out and got several quotes, and he got a lifetime warranty from Tampa, from a company called Solid uh, Foundations, and it was transferable. They wow, did it cool. for like 40, 40 grand or something like that. Wow. And wow. the house is fine after that. That's why they made all their profit. Nobody took the time. Of all those agents, there was a guy next door. He was like, I pick and choose my uh, the people that I want to represent and the houses I want to sell. And he kept coming over trying to – steal my seller <laughs> and uh and but he never nobody ever uh, figured it out but i thought it was pretty interesting but you got it done we got it done we did together 
we've, we made that happen. But, um, yeah, I mean, going into, you know, 2021 market, what, do, what is it that you guys expect? What are you guys trying to achieve? Do you see any kind of fallout right now? I know right now it's like raining real estate. Well, I mean, definitely not a fallout. Um, what we've seen in the market, obviously we've had some turmoil over the last couple of weeks with the difference of shifting presidency, um, you know, as far as the rates go, they, they bounce every day. Yeah. Um, what we've seen is they've been very strong. Actually, they're getting stronger. Um, coming back from the Alamo, we got a couple of updates that um, the rates are falling, you know, and, and stuff like that. So, so maybe it's a good thing we broke the table. It, right. <laughs> I, I think it was good karma for sure. Um, you know, the one thing for us is we work with so many different lenders that we have insights. For example, United Wholesale, um, Matt Ishba is very, um, the CEO is very close with people at Fannie and Freddie and you know we get information from the different um, account managers that we have with the different uh, lenders we work with and I think this year it's gonna be very prominent very very strong it's gonna continue to be strong um, obviously the boost in the economy um, with buying houses and stuff like that is, is definitely um, I think gonna be a strong year and it hopefully continues to be a strong year we, all, we also understand that rates are at an all-time low um, historical low um, for sure. And the one good thing is that going back to the lenders and COVID and all those different things is that a lot of the lender partners that we work with, they don't have co uh, overlays anymore. So yeah, we're back to, back to normal business, okay. which is fantastic. So, so I know, okay. You had mentioned the presidency and, um, you know, I, I'm not, not here to get into politics or anything, but I will say, um, what do you guys suggest as far as like 1031 exchange, et cetera, if somebody looking to buy um, now into because everybody was, you know, there's a lot of people, a lot of wealthy people that are worried about um, taxes being raised, et cetera. Uh, and this is a way for them to kind of, if they're looking to flip properties, kind of hide it for the next four years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's a great opportunity right now. Um, Plus, we're getting people from all over the um, state moving here, too. Yeah. Michigan. Country, yeah. Um, the whole Northeast, uh, California, Minnesota. I just got three borrowers that are closing uh, this week from Minnesota, buying second homes in Naples, golf homes. And, um, you know, they're they're looking for a high price, too, you know, close to a million um, purchase price. So Rick, Rick and I are accepting referrals. Uh, <laughs> yeah, of course. We'll make sure they use you. I haven't heard from you since that last year we did. <laughs> and Rick, I just met last week, but I look forward to working with you for sure. Absolutely, we will. I've been a little timid, <laughs> to say the least, since the last one. I uh, but so what, what kind of advice would you guys give to people that want to become an MLO? That are starting, for example, like you, Matt, a few years ago, you were like, okay, what the heck is this all about? What, what advice now that you've, you've dug your toes in for a few years, and you too, Glenn, um... And you too, Eric. Like, what advice would you give to someone that's thinking about getting into this business? And what um, what school would you guys recommend? All right. Well, first of all, I would say I, I've done most of the recruiting uh, over the last year for us because, um, you know, prior to last year, I think it was just... Yeah, let me give a little background on that. Sure. Um, so after the crash and the, the mortgage company, you know, got busy again and I probably kept it kind of small you know when when I met Matt we probably only had 
um, the Cape Coral office and, and five um, employees. And then when Matt came and worked, um, started working for me, he had all the great ideas of like, let's really do this. If we're going to do this again, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. So now we have an office here in Naples. We still have the office in Cape Coral, but we went from five employees to 28 employees. Wow. And right. what, what do you guys look for when you when you find your employees? Of course, you don't want to just hire anybody. Right, right. What What's what's your guys' kind of like niche? What's your guys' thing there that was, you look for? Interesting you say that. So like one thing is, believe it or not, I have fellow people that used to work with me in my old job who now work for us. And we were still close. And we had that good bond, right? And being able to, you know, call Glenn or call whoever and run things off each other. You, you got to vibe together. And I, I think that's really important. Um, and who you hire but it's really you know a, a lot of the people that have not gone into this type of business real estate mortgages um they're used to that corporate america let me go to work at 8 30 have to go clock out at 12 to go to lunch and do all these things and a, a lot of it is besides all the good things that are fulfilling is you know financial freedom to me that's a big one which ties into other things which gives you more time to spend with your family um, more things that you could do outside of what you would normally do in a normal job. But um, my advice would be is for anybody is, you know, what we've also done with, with some of the new people we brought on is, hey, come to the office and let's shadow. Let you see what I do, mm -hmm. right, and see if that's something that um, you would like to do, you know, and, and talking to potential clients or borrowers and um, going on realtor referral um, appointments. You know, I've brought um, – a couple before they were MLS, I was like, hey, come with me. You know, you're my partner, and we'll go meet with a realtor, and I'll show you how that conversation looks like. And, and I'm like, wow, that's really cool. And, and you know, and I, I always explain to them, like, my realtors are like my family. They're my best friends. You know, they invite to the family parties and, and all those things. So wait, wait, wait a minute. He hasn't invited us to anything. Oh, you're coming. <laughs> <laughs> the end of February, we have our housewarming party. You guys are more than welcome. New beginnings. New yeah. beginnings. New beginnings. Um, but that's that's the big thing is you know is is showing them that there there's there's a lot to this job right, but there's a lot of things that are satisfying about it that you may not find anywhere else, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's my perspective as far as classes go. We love um, more mortgage educators. Yes. MEC. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. Mm -hmm. um, we just all renewed our license through them. Great program. Um, I have a couple other uh, crash courses that I always suggest that the the MLOs that are trying to take the test to go through it because ideally you want to pass the first time. Ideally, you know, you need to get the 75. But going through the crash courses and understanding, I remember when I took the test, I was like, man, I don't remember any of this stuff. Who's that, who's <laughs> that one uh, lady? That Trisha Woods. Trisha Woods. Yeah, Trisha Woods. She, she passed so away, but... Um, recently but the program still goes on and it's just phenomenal um phenomenal 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 and i i have a question for you sure so when it, when it comes to real estate and i'm not going to name um uh the the, the what is it the, i don't, I don't want to name names <laughs> the school i'm not going to name the school but when we go through their education thing to become a real estate agent they have one for mlos um they tell us uh, in the beginning, like, hey, you're never going to probably use any of this. We're just teaching you to pass the state exam. And from there, you know, you're going to get your license and then you'll, you can jump into the field. Now, is that kind of same kind of thing for the MLOs? Like, is, it, is it the same kind of principles where you don't yes. use? 
Okay. It's like, it's like high school and college just all over again. <laughs> a lot of um, stuff you're not going to use, but yeah, you got to pass the test. I've thought about getting it just for some other, you know, thing to do, but, but it's just so strange to me because there's nothing better than being hands-on. And as you said, I think that's a great thing where people can come and shadow you for the day um, or, or whatever it is that you do. You bring them to a listing presentation or introduce them to real estate agents. And I, I would even go as far as to say, like, um, you know, we've had other MLOs on the show, but you know, what are you, you know, people are always coming up to Rick and I and they're like, Hey, can I bring you coffee? Can I take you to breakfast? Uh, or, or whatever. They're always trying to sell us on something. And it's like, wait a minute, what, you know, what are you doing to stand out? And I think that, that I would, I would ask you guys, what is it that you guys do to, to stand out so that, um, agents would want to use you, um, versus another, uh, company within the area. I mean, I want to take the mic. Um, there's a few things that we do um, and things that Glenn and I have developed together. Um, the number one thing I would say is there's got to be a value for you, right? Mm-hmm. We all have good rates. We all have good customer service. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's our job. We all use the same lenders. So what would really defer you, deter you from somebody else? Um, one thing that we do is we do spend a lot of money on leads, mm-hmm. right? Organic leads, um, so much that... Um, we hired my daughter to manage it. She is our marketing person and she goes through their CRM and she'll pre-qualify them based off basic questions and then be able to give them to a loan officer. And the majority of them, I would say probably 90% or more don't have a realtor. So there's your golden ticket, right? Okay. So how do we become your, your <laughs> real estate agent? So typically, you know, Glenn and I don't take the leads, right? So we have her manage it. And then, you know, we'll go round robin with our loan officers that are in the office. And the one big thing is for them to make connections. Now, we still get referrals and stuff from the business that we do have. Um, So we got you. Um, But I I think that's a big piece there where if if we were to ask 10 realtors right now, how many deals have your um, mortgage broker that you use given you? Exactly. I'm sure it's That's less my, than three, this maybe is, five. This is my point. So they always want to bring coffee and donuts. Yeah, but they're they're asking for our business, but they never they never you know then they're never bringing anything to the table. So right. I, so the guys, especially when we first changed to our new location, we got hit up all the time. It, it, and Every I, hour, I still do on LinkedIn and Facebook, and it, it's you know so it got to a point where I put on my LinkedIn profile, please do not read my bio. This is a, you know we do doors open connect. Yes, I'm a real right. estate agent slash uh, broker associate, but please leave me alone. You know, kind of a thing. But we, I was telling those guys, like, hey, you want to stand out? Why don't you go sit some open houses with either, you know, with yeah. an agent and or with no agent. Go sit in an open house that for somebody who doesn't want to be there or whatever. You get to keep the leads and then bring me a pre-qualified. You do that one time. It's once. You do that one time for me. Uh, and, and I'm gonna, I'll buy you coffee. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you bring it one time it is a game changer. It, it, it really is because then you, that opens up the connection for everything else is that right. you see how I work, you right. like it. And then we work together on different things. Hey, do you want to go into marketing in all those different things? Um, that's number one. Number two, I would say is if I were to ask both of you, what do you think is the biggest issue that you're seeing with mortgage brokers, um, from the realtor, realtor perspective? Um, not commun- uh, C- communication. That's what I would have said too. The follow up. The follow up. The follow up. You know, and and here's the thing. Now, don't forget, we're in a business where each agent slash ML, everybody has their own agenda and the things that they right. got to get accomplished. Right? It's it's me. It's 
me, 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 I, 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 my customer, I need to get this pre-qualified. I need to get this done now or get this whatever. So you don't pick up your phone, at least do the auto text message where it says, something. Right. you know, do, do, right. do something. Mm-hmm. And, and get, so I have one guy that does that for me now, but it's, he gets back to me immediately. And if he can't get back, he says, you know, I'll talk, I'm in a meeting, talk to you in 30 minutes. Or I can send him over a text detailed about what a buyer's looking for or whatever, and send it to him, and then he can message me while he's in his meeting. And he does, but he gets back to me, you know. And um, getting things uh, to progress, you know, uh, all in order, everything done, um, no last minute. Rick has had some terrible experiences where at closing something happens or goes bad, and he has to extend or or whatever. Um, Couple, no. A couple of days before we got to extend this before closings, I'm like, wait, why, why are you asking right. for this paperwork day before closing yeah. and it's been 48 right. days? The negotiation process is usually terrible enough as it is. And people are, it's a pissing match and going sure. back and forth. Nobody wants to have to go back and say to your, your seller or buyer like, hey, uh, uh, because of this, we, we, you know, we need to extend further or we need to do this or we need more information. Um, another big one was, uh, well, I think what I see a lot with, with MLOs is, um, each week I will call the MLO, whatever deal I'm, I have, whatever, whatever, whoever I'm working with and say, Hey, how's it going? Right. And I'll get the classic, Oh man, it's peaches. It's, it's going <laughs> great. And I'm thinking, Oh man, that, that sounds like a two week, clear, right. you're early clear to close to me. And then well, all of a sudden we get to the week of, and it's like, uh, Rick, there's a problem here. Yeah. Now, now just being on the listing side or the buyer side? Buyer side. Okay. See, now I will go back to this is what you and I have in common. Well, you serve tables too. Yep. All right. Um, hospitality, personal service. Real right. estate is a personal business. Of course. It's it's not as simple as it, you you make it out to be with tech. We have all this technology. You still can't remove the human from the human equation. Right. What the mistake a lot of MLOs are doing is they're trying, hey, go to my website, fill out this form yada 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 and then they call whenever and then they don't follow up or they don't do something it's a personal business you need to talk to them you need to communicate with them um and i i see a lot of uh mlos going that route where they're just like oh no uh oh thank you for calling uh go on my website here it is i'll send it over to you fill out an application process and then they don't do follow-up and and then things it gets lost. It gets I mean, lost. It, we're not quick in loans. We're not you go into an application and fill out an application. Right. It's or, it's or not corporate. Yeah. Then it's the same reason why I would I would definitely try to stir a, a buyer, a prospective buyer to you to you guys versus a bank. A bank's gotta send right. something to somewhere, there's a stack of paper somewhere, that's gotta go to somewhere, that's gotta go somewhere, somebody's gotta sign it blindly and then I just always have this image in my head of banks, you know, because they got all these other loans. They got, you know, boats, cars, personal loans, business loans, all this stuff. Right. So I just always picture this is what a bank MLO does when they get a offer in for a, for a house, for a home. They get it. They look at it. Oh, great. I look at that in 40 days. <laughs> but they're <laughs> also, but they're, those guys are also probably getting salary, right? Their salary, yeah. yeah. So, so the thing is, it's not personal to them. Right. And you're just a number. Just yep. took the grind out of the whole equation. Right. And so I had that, I had that experience at the uh, beginning of 2020. This guy, I told him the whole time, I said, dude, please let me, let me get you to an MLO. Let me, let me get you, you know, qual-. no, no, I got the guy. I got a guy. I got a guy. At uh, one of the union companies. And I, I said, are you sure? Yeah, man, he's the guy. He's my friend. Yo, that that guy disappeared 
not two weeks into the transaction, he was no longer on the case, first of all. Then it was the holidays. We Another extension. I had to extend that one twice. And then at the, the he was supposed to close in January, the following Thursday. On a Friday, he calls me. I don't want to use these guys anymore. They're terrible. They don't get back to me anymore. Can you get me with uh, with an MLO that you you know you said? I'm like, we're supposed to close next Thursday. Oh my gosh. <laughs> There's no personal touch in that type of business. And I'm sure you can get good rates. And I'm sure that if you go the bank route, there's good things that can happen there if you you're ready to to deal with that. But I think the the best thing to do is is again, it's a personal relationship. And as you had mentioned, hey. You know, I invite people to my my house. We do, right, do yeah, cookouts, absolutely. come to the office. We shake hands. We introduce ourselves. Um, and Glenn, you were all you know. Despite how terrible that deal was, you always picked up your phone. You always emailed me. You always called me back. And you always you know you handled it very professionally. Um, and you know, despite the chaos that was going on in the time, at least you picked up. I hear of guys that just disappear, that drop off a radar for weeks at a time. I know a guy actually. No, nobody likes giving bad news, right? And I just like it's better just get out of the way, be upfront. Mm-hmm. You know, let's work through it. We're a team, right? right? I, I, I'm not on my own. I can't do it without you. You know, so I have to be like, all right, this is our problem. This is how we're going to solve it together and right. get to the finish line. You know, it's it's about building relationships not only with your borrowers but with your partners too. You know, and that's what we try to really build with Premier is that we're a big family, but we want to build relationships with all our clients and our real estate partners. And I think we've done a, a pretty good job yeah, of that. absolutely. A lot of the, the people that we've done loans for, we, we still talk to. Mm-hmm. You know, they refer their friends, their families. Um, we hang out with them. We go out with them. We'll go to dinner with them. You know, with COVID, it's been a little bit tougher. But, um, yeah, we do a lot of stuff like that. Now, now, either, as there is, you know, bad MLOs, good MLOs, bad agents, good agents, what would you guys, and of course, uh, there's 9,000 plus agents here in Naples, and I would probably say 95% of them are not good. Um, and maybe 5% are actually good and stay on, on what they need to do and, and keep up. Well, I, I, I want to, I just want to cushion that a little bit, Rick, and say, look, 95%, there, there's a good portion of that that really wants to be good. But they don't have the education or the or resources, the coaching that, or development, or coaching development, or the tools because of how closed off different brokerages can be. You know, um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say they're just not good. <laughs> I'm gonna leave it at that. Also, is this their career or is this just some part time side, side thing that career? Like, Most, the know, ones that I'm talking about like career. are doing this full time, but they're just not, not not in it. Yeah, they're not they're not in it. Maybe they you know they could have came from. You know, a job where it's nine to five, where they're used to punching in and punching out, and they're not used to taking calls at eight o'clock at night and ten o'clock at night and all this kind of stuff. But anyway, so five, in my opinion, I think five to ten percent are really good. I always see them, their names on contracts pop up. I've done multiple deals with these agents. Sure. What advice would you give to agents? What they can do better to become, you know, in that five ten percent that are that are great. Because I know you guys have seen some agents where you're like, "How did you even pass the test?" <laughs> so, so what would you? What advice would you give to those guys? Like, hey, this is what you could do. Just, just this little thing would make you guys so much better. I mean, Glenn's obviously done this longer than I have. Um, some things I have right now, probably about twelve pre-approvals out. Okay, and some of them are really recent. Some of them in a couple of weeks. As we know, the market's really tough with finding inventory, right? Mm. But my whole story behind that is, is with the borrowers is. Let's not lose the moment, right? 
but also with some of the realtors, because I don't know who they are. Sometimes my borrowers are like, oh, I have a friend that's a realtor, da, 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 da. And I said, okay, that's fine, but make sure that's in your best interest as well, because sometimes working with friends and stuff like that, they might have other deals and might not give you the full... You know, right, the, you just hit it on the head. I mean, it's, I it's, have a friend. I have a friend, and I said that's great. But are they going to be the one trying to get you seller concessions? Are because you need them, right? Because at this point, you have down payment. You don't have the other three percent for closing costs. So, is that friend going to be fighting for you to do those things? So, the one thing for me with realtors is a lot of them are, that I work with are fantastic. Um, some some of the best in Florida, right? And also Connecticut. But some of the other ones I do not know. And then somehow, you know, I get introduced to them. And that's fine because we create that relationship is to communicate but also understand the needs of the borrower. And I think that's really important. One thing I learned from um, one of my realtor partners, such good friend who sold me my house twice or sold me my first house and then the next one is he said, Matt, make a T-char on the first house. These are what your needs are. These are what your wants are. And then go through with Melissa. So, you know, he, he really took the time to do that and made me understand, all right, well, this is going to cost you this much for this, da, 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 whatever it might be. But it just make sure you understand the borrower. We do a good job of explaining that. This is the situation at hand. This is what we need to look for. This is what they like based off our conversation. Because up front, we do a lot of work with them, mm-hmm. right? Because we want to try to get them pre-approved for, you know, what they're looking to buy to the best that we can. So I would say that is, is really just understand the borrower and make sure that you're showing them the right you know, product, the right house. And it's always good to work together with your lender mm-hmm. because you got too many realtors that always want to bash the lender or it's the lender's fault. And then now the borrower's thinking, oh, why did I go with this lender? He sucks. Yeah. You know, it's and the cop out. It's yeah. The, uh, you know, as even if it goes bad and then you're having a bad situation, you still are in this together and you still got to see it to the finish line. So try to at least act like you know, you guys want to work together to get it close together and, and stop pointing fingers. Oh, it's this the realtor did this or the lender did this. You know, let's just come to a, a common th- a goal and, and get it close together. So I know we kind of touched on it, but in one sentence, what separates Premier Mortgage from any of the competition, uh, the local brokerages around in the area? Aside from the banks, I don't We already know better. Yeah, I, I, I think what you'll get with us is not only will we be real with you and, and not sell you a dream, you know, we also will treat you like family. You know, we're, we're, our biggest goal is that put yourself in their shoes. You know, I was a first-time home buyer at one time. What, what was your concerns when you were buying your first house? You know, it's all about making them feel comfortable and having a great conversation with them because once you, you have somebody feel really comfortable with you, that's half the battle, mm-hmm. you know, and then all the other stuff will come easy with the closing costs and the rates and, and, and stuff like that. But what we've been really trying to do too, um, Matt will tell you is that we're trying to, you ever been on the listing side too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, do you ever have your loan officer call you to give you updates, the buyer's loan officer on the, and you're the listing agent on the thing Mm-mm. without you asking. Without you asking. No. Without never you heard bringing of it. down the buyer's agents. No. So that's what we are trying to do get everybody involved so everybody's on the same page. So you got the buyer's agent that knows an update, you got the seller's agent. You know, some buyer's agent might not like that because they feel like, hey, that's my job. You're stepping on my toes. But if you can talk to the buyer's agent too and say, hey, do you mind if I, I right. get the seller's agent involved too, just so I, I can help 
channel some of the phone calls that you're going to get every day. Right. You know, because seller agent is like the telephone game, right? right? Your seller agent is going to call the buyer's agent and the buyer's agent is going to call us and then we got to relay it back to them. I would have to say in the last probably 60 days, I've gained nine new realtor partners just by reaching out to the, the oh, listing uh, agent. Uh, 11. Um, 11. <laughs> yeah, 11. I love working with you. You guys are awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we have to do deals. Yeah, we got a sure. round rob and put us at the beginning, <laughs> right? You know, we broke a table today. We got to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I would say is, you know, doing that approach is definitely helping everybody throughout the whole transaction is I invite the listing agent just as much as the buyer's agent. And I do every Tuesday, I do updates. And even with the title, so the title, because do you have an update? No, you already, you, you've been updated, it's Tuesday. So there's a lot of different things that we do and that we implement so that way our realtors feel comfortable and they love working with us. They don't, it's not that they like to work with us, they love working with us. I think that's, I think that's great. Just that little touch right there of everybody staying on the same page Team. would make me sleep a lot better on deals because <laughs> there's sometimes where I'm like, Oh man, what's going on? I need to call this MLO. That's not even, I'm not even working with them. I'm, I'm on the seller side. Right. Um, so I know we're getting close to the end here. Yeah, but I want to, I want to, I, I got to ask Matt something real quick. Or excuse me, Eric. Eric, I got to ask Eric. Hey, all right, we got to talk about the burning building. Okay. We got, we, we, we got to hear, we got to hear a story real quick. What was one of the most, uh, one of the, that sticks in your head like it was yesterday? craziest things that you've experienced um as in firefighting yeah hmm. that's, a, that's 30 years worth of information <laughs> i know you know and, and, and you there know, are some big what, ones you know and it, i always said i could write what, a book. what was your backdraft moment yeah um, you know interestingly enough i don't think people understand the complexities of a brush fire believe it or not you know they think oh it's a a, a house fire and we're blessed in in southwest florida that most of the structures are relatively new they're cinder block and and not a whole lot of wood you know like they are up north and, and stuff like that but um so they don't really burn that much um and when you do it's pretty easy to get them out in many instances you can confine them to a room and contents fire unless you get the fire that chases up into the attic and then you lose the whole structure but i would say the the, the brush fires of 2017 right before i retired kicked our butt they were just as bad as the ones yeah. in, uh, that, that we had last year and i don't think people realize you know initially i think when i was a kid and didn't understand it you would always be like oh, i'll just run from the fire you know no big deal i can get away from it and um then you, you get out there in these brush fires and you look at the amount of fuel that's on the ground in the way of brush and grass and down trees from hurricane irma and stuff like that people don't realize how much fuel is sitting out there light that fire and put a 15 mile an hour wind behind it and there's no running from it you know you're you sure you in a car you can get away from it but if you're on foot running from it that's not going to happen game over yeah it, it, exactly and and you know we lost quite a few homes that year at least in 2017 i think we lost like 10 homes mm. and with a fire moving that fast it's incredibly difficult to to get the resources literally one engine at every single home and really all you're trying to do is guide the fire around the home and then and then as fast as you can once it's past that home then you load up all your gear on back onto the truck pull your hoses back on there you don't care what they look like and you hopscotch to the next road over to try and protect the next home that's in the path of that fire and uh it's 
for probably the better part of two weeks or so. It was pretty hair raising and, you know, drove my, my vehicle. At that time I was in command. I wasn't the actual one doing it, but I had probably eight crews that I was responsible for, you know, constantly every five minutes checking in on them, make sure they're okay, that they're not getting, and literally they're all getting burned over one at a time. And I'm going to tell you that fire that, that you're literally 10 feet away from in some instances and it's 40, 50 feet in the air, it's, you're, you feel like you're in an oven at, at that point and it sounds like a freight train. <laughs> there's just no, um, there's no speaking to somebody across the room like we are right now. And uh, so that's a little hair raising, you know, from that standpoint. And really, it, it, 20 years ago, I never would have thought that a brush fire would be that big deal. You know, ah, you run from it. It's not that big of a deal. Um, no, you're not. I'm the Everglades. Yeah. And I remember that one, too. And, yeah. uh, you know, you it's kind of amazing. So you went from, you know, physical um, elements of danger and, and physical, you know, putting out fires to a, a mental putting out fires in the mortgage industry now, <laughs> you know? We, so, call, we call Eric up now when we, when we have problems on yeah, our file. Yeah, They'll like, say, we got a 911 issue. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't get nervous around 911 issues. It doesn't bother me at all. I'm like, you know what? We'll we'll figure our path, you know? And, and you wake up, you roll out of bed, and you think you're going to go in this direction that day to solve problems, and you got to be willing to turn the wheel a little bit and take a path that you didn't think you were going to take, and there's probably going to be a few bumps in the road, but, you know, at the end, of the day we'll, we'll lock the door we'll go home and, and recharge and get up and do it all over again and you know I think probably like any industry we look at some of the challenges that you guys are talking about that you're facing and you, you take a step back and at the end of the day what's the root of the problem right communication communication always and there there it is you so, know somebody would just answer a text message or pick up their phone and say hello tell them the truth hey this is what's going on these are our challenges and you'll go oh, okay cool maybe maybe you could help maybe I can help you Right. Yeah. And that's, that's important. You know, I think, uh, obviously communication is the biggest thing in our industry, I think, and there's not enough of it because of technology. For some reason, we're so connected that sometimes we become disconnected and it's very easy just to send a text message. And sometimes you misconstrue what somebody's saying in a text message yeah. versus a verbal, or I'm, I'm on it in a personal sense. Like I'll take care of it, but you know, a hand, a handshake versus a text message. It just doesn't do any justice. And, uh, but thank you for sharing that with us. We yes, greatly appreciate yes. it. We're excited about your journey um, starting here. And I'm, I'm sure that you guys have been going ham since, you know, 2020, the beginning of 2021, it sounds like. So you're doing good things here. You know, they're, they're, they really are, honestly, from a coaching perspective, they're fantastic. Um, I've, I've immersed myself in this culture now. And that's, you know what, the only way to learn to swim is jump in the deep end. And, and so I've jumped in the deep end and I've got coaches that are sitting literally across the room from me hey, this is going on. What do I do? What's my next step? Or how do I troubleshoot this? And, you know, when you have two pros like that, that's, that's all you can ask for. And we're all on the same team. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, hey, before we go, I'm just curious if you guys have any books or audiobooks or maybe, uh, you know, something that you like to read, you know, that inspires you and Get you up in the day, you know, in the or morning. Or do you have like a routine that you do first thing in the morning that yeah, keeps actually, you focused? Actually Matt does. Matt listens to a bunch of podcasts. Oh. Yeah, I mean, listen, a lot of people go to the gym. They listen to hardcore music. We kind of do that here. Um, I go to educate myself while I work out. It's kind of weird, but um, I've learned so much stuff from different podcasts that I listen to. Um, even on the way here today, I was listening to your last one. Um, 
for me, that inspires me to hear what other people in the same industry are doing, and then I could implement it with our team. And that's what I've been doing. And you can see from other people who are successful, um, I, I trial it out first. And obviously, if it works, I share with everybody else in the team. And um, that's that's what I like to do. I don't like to read. Um, I, I pretty much, for car audio, is podcasts. Podcasts? Yep. Okay. Any uh, any in particular? Aside from Doors Open Connect. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I guess I'll, I'll give them a drop. Um, this is a pretty good one for anybody in our industry. Um, I think they just, I just don't want to get the name wrong. I think it's Mortgage Marketing Animals. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of them. Uh, they're a good one. And um, just really great, great tactics and great things that you can do um, to build relationships with everybody in the industry without having to, Hey, let's go to Starbucks at three o'clock and spend one hour while you could be doing other things. And I could be doing other things, different ways to do it. Uh, and working together through, through those different ways to increase productivity. You know, if I could help you close one more deal a month, an average deal is 300,000 and you get paid 3% commission. Yeah. That's an extra almost hundred grand a year that we could help each other make. Why not? You know, and then you multiply that and there's different ways and not that they're secrets, but things that I have implemented with our team that we're doing and we've grown so much that we, you know, we just hired uh, yesterday a loan um, partner, not an officer assistant. We call them loan partners um, to help us and more processors. So, that's yeah, I think the biggest thing is just you're always learning, uh -huh. right? I mean, I, I've been doing this for almost 20 years, and I've learned so much just from the new guys. Right. You know, they say, hey, Glenn, you know, uh, I found this out. Do you, you know about this or this situation? Just when you think you've seen every situation, something new comes no, up. No two deals are the same. <laughs> we have that saying in our... Uh, right. And um, I couldn't be with a better group of guys, you know. And, and girls. And girls. So, so in five years, what do you what, what do you see for uh, Premier Mortgage? I I want to see probably an, another office, probably uh, one Fort Myers is probably coming. Okay, are you guys primarily going to stay in Southwest Florida? Or are you thinking Miami branching out, taking over the whole Florida? Yeah, Glenn, you got that Miami look written all. Over. I mean, you guys had us play Miami. <laughs> you in the know beginning. what? My, my brother was a realtor in Miami, and my, my mom lived in Miami and stuff like that, and. They're cutthroat over there. Yeah. Every deal my brother would refer me as a realtor, they, the other agent would say, if you didn't use my lender, you're not getting the deal. Yeah. I, I probably lost Whoa. probably like six or seven deals because their realtor was cutthroat and said no. So I'm like, I'm done. Miami, I'm out. Kickback. Orlando. I mean, I think that's a really solid spot, especially with uh, all the attractions and everything else. So Maybe Tampa even. I mean, they're, Tampa, they're yep. blooming. They're blooming. Yep. Well, guys, this has been an absolute pleasure. We're uh, we're definitely cheering you guys on here. Thank you so much for the hospitality and actually making the accommodations to come back here to the office. I know we we had scheduled to to book at the Alamo. That just didn't work out the way that we had. We had to eat ching and move with it. Um, but we we are definitely cheering on your your continued success here. Uh, go ahead and plug your business. Uh, where might um, anybody, whether they're first time home buyer or maybe they're an MLO or aspiring MLO, refinancing, where, where, refinancing. Where where can people find you? Go ahead, Matt. Um, you can find us uh, several different ways. You could give us a call, of course. Um, our office line is two three nine. 542 8800. There you go. We got that our sounds like a commercial right there. That was <laughs> we, we got our website. You can find us on www.pmcnow.com. That's www.pmcnow.com. .com. .com. <laughs> <laughs>
Honestly, um, you could also find us all on Facebook. I mean, there's so many ways. We're everywhere. Uh, we really believe in the digital market and um, making that first connection so we could pick up the phone and handshake and, and move on to the next steps. And you guys, where, where's your guys' office located at so people can stop in? Yeah, We're off, um, we had one in Cape Coral, or we have one in Cape Coral. It's off Santa Barbara and Veterans, um, 2534 Southeast. Um, place over there so we've had that office that's kind of over by um the publics over there okay and, and then um over here it's five four three five uh unit two uh jaeger um road right yep jaeger street it, um right by naples boulevard right off pine ridge right on the corner there um by the airport and for you agents it's just past the neighbor building on the right hand side off of pine ridge road um by the car wash i forget the name yeah, we have plenty of space, too. Um, we have some extra desks, and if anybody would like to come in and work and meet us. Yeah, it's a, it's a newer office, so we're still got things to add, but we want to um, be a little different, too. Uh, in this hallway, um, you'll see kind of like a little bar kind of with chairs, and we kind of wanted to make that for realtor partners that need to come in or um, title partners that maybe just need to stop by and use our Wi-Fi, get some snacks, drinks, you know, talk about some things and, and, and leave, you know, yeah. if you're going to come in, it's $300 an hour <laughs> <laughs> and never, I'm just kidding. You guys are awesome. Thank you just so much. For just today. don't break my table. I'm allergic to glass. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you guys all so much. And again, uh, for the continued support again, uh, being uh, temp top 10% out of the 1.9 million and growing globally in our space for um, entrepreneur podcast. That means a lot to us. So please, um, you know, you have no idea how much it, it means for you guys to tag us and continue to share um, anything that you find valuable, whether it's the, you know, the podcast the app, um, what we're doing for open houses and for different brokerages. Greatly appreciate all the support. You can always find us um, at on IG at Doors Open Connect, or you can contact us um, at doorsopenconnect at gmail.com. You can DM us with any questions or have any feedback. We'll go back to them with the next few episodes. Um, and definitely check us out on Facebook. It's Doors Open Connect LLC. And we are on LinkedIn as well, Deshaun Robinson under my name, and then TikTok at Doors Open Connect. Uh, so again, thank you guys all for taking the time um, out of your busy schedule to stop by and provide us with valuable insight and to share a little bit about your business. Hey, if you guys are looking for sponsoring your own future podcast or you know somebody that, um, that you would like to hear uh, some advice from or on a podcast or if you'd like yourself, uh, please DM us again or email us at doorsopenconnect at gmail.com. We'd love to interview you and, and see if that will be a fit. Uh, so big shout out and thank you to all our listeners, supporters. And until next time, we will keep the doors open so your deals stay closing. I am Deshaun Robinson and this is my co-host Ricky Haas. And until next time, this is DOC signing out. <laughs>